As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Pray for content, set up a free rent, the tenements recall Rome. Pete Donaldson here, it's the Football Ramble. I'm joined by Sniffly Jim Campbell. Hello. And Luke Moore. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Football Ramble proper. The music has ended and we can begin. Uh, gentlemen, it can't have escaped your attention that I nailed that intro without <laughs> a false start. So uh, yep. well done, me. Uh, right before Marcus comes back for Thursday's show. <laughs> yeah. Do you do this on Absolute? Just congratulate yourself for doing your job. Text in if you think I'm brilliant. 8 12 15. Thank you. Um, Liverpool, Man City, let's jump right in, guys, because we've got a busy show. Liverpool versus Man City did not disappoint. I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying, actually, I feel that this could be the time that City lose. Yeah. Do you remember me saying yeah, that? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, if anything, I took your point and I made it my own. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pleased. Thank you very much for that. I, the, part of the reason I almost didn't watch it is because I am still pouring through all the goal line clearance videos I've been yes. sent over <laughs> the last three or four days. Was your favourite Barry Venison? Well, it's a good one, wasn't it's it? It's good, yeah, it's very good, yeah. yeah. It's good because it's a great discipline and, and maybe I didn't appreciate enough how many good ones there were out there. Right. But I'm still saying that Flint's is my favourite. But the Liverpool-Man City game was absolutely superb. A great, mm. We say this all the time, but a great advert for the game. I, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago um, that this job would be a lot... And I do, I do 
appreciate the job we, we, we've been given here, but mm. the job would be a lot easier if, stolen. If, there were, if there were some more entertaining football matches. <laughs> and, and thankfully, over the weekend, we were given yeah. one. Yeah. It's one of those beautiful ones where it doesn't actually matter if you know the club you support are involved or not, but everybody's buzzing about it. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. ones that just ignites kind of football fandom in general. Well, that's just so perfect. Well, that was kind of Jurgen Klopp's kind of thing. He was sort of going... I mean, I can speak as a Liverpool manager, but I'd rather speak as a football fan. Yeah, wow, yeah. great, great I'd stuff, guys. One. Great stuff. Oh, yeah, and he was on American television, wasn't he? He just said the F word, and then yeah. the Apollo's went, I thought it was okay in America to swear. Yeah. I was going, I'm fairly certain it's even no. worse than Britain, to that's, be honest with you. That's never been the rule. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe Donald Trump is making that the rule. Yeah, that's probably where he got that. <laughs> maybe it will be the rule by the end of Trump's tenure. Yeah, yeah maybe. It's compulsory. The past, yeah. This match was a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> This defending at the end of the match was a shithole. Yeah. Uh, I love that that popped up to haunt them as well. It didn't cost them this time. No. No, but I mean, they can't see a game out. They can't really manage their games properly. I think you was on the on the WhatsApp group, uh, Luke, were going, they are dreadful at managing well, games, aren't they? They are a perfect example of attack being the, you know, the best form of defence, mm. aren't they? And once it gets to the point where, you know, maybe things get a bit led, leggy. Although I can't say they really did that because their fitness levels are absolutely unbelievable this season. Yeah. Um, they sort of kind of, when they do sort of drop back a little bit and try and defend, that's when things go awry. So, mm. you know, I, I guess this is just Klopp's plan, isn't it? Is it it's his style. Keegan-esque. I, I think they've got the second worst game of management in the league behind Southampton, who we'll right. talk about in a bit. But and they, they don't really have any other way of playing. Mm. And, and the idea that they, they, they score four goals is quite nice in a way because really, against a team of, of Man City's quality, they have to score four goals because yeah. they can't keep clean sheets against a team of that quality. But we did say going into the game that, um, and yeah, as a, as, a, as, a, as a football round, we win and lose together. And uh, we did say going into the game <laughs> that Liverpool had a good chance because Man City's record at Anfield isn't great. Um, and, and Klopp's got a good record against Guardiola moreover, I think. so. And it, it turned into a, such a fantastic um, encounter. Mm. It was so entertaining from start mm. to finish. Some great goals. Um, and and I, I found, what I found fascinating is that people were making a comparison between um, Liverpool playing Man City on Sunday and the way that Man United played Liverpool. So now you know they, they were able to get a draw by closing it out and, 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 and sort of nullifying Liverpool. And that's what team should do that's actually missing the point the point is look at how Liverpool played against Man City and look how Man United played against Man City not against Liverpool because they weren't able to impose themselves at all whereas Liverpool were actually able quite easily to impose their style on Man City who were the best team in the league and it might that might be a key of course Man City the league's probably gone for anyone else now but that might be the key as to how you have success against a team like Man City you try go at them upset their rhythm because they're not going to do anything different Man City mm. Mm. the same way Liverpool don't do anything different in terms of their game management Man City don't really do anything different either and they're going to stick to that um, but for Liverpool to get in there and upset their rhythm um, it was actually quite impressive you, you saw um, John Stones losing a lot of concentration which is which is a problem he's got in his mm. game generally Raheem Sterling let the crowd get to him mm. and he couldn't perform um, I'm not saying I, I agreed with the treatment necessarily, but it, it, it definitely worked. And finally, the player who's looked one of the most unflappable in the league this season, Edison, mm. he let it get to him very badly as well. And all of a sudden, it wasn't like the wheels came off, but they were very, very weak in really key areas. And Liverpool were able to mm. really effectively exploit that. And also, I feel like the defenders marshaled Sergio Aguero pretty well. Uh, obviously, got that chance late on where he was slightly offside for it. Um, Has he ever but, scored at Anfield? Uh, no, he hasn't, which yeah. is an amazing stat when you think about it. He's had yeah. plenty of games there as well. He was restricted and, to a lot of like long shots, wasn't he? Yeah, very much so. And they, they marshaled him very, very well. And I thought Liverpool, I mean, it seems crazy given that they conceded three goals, but for the majority of the game, which has often been the problem, uh, they, they were very defensively disciplined. You know, they, mm. they did just, you know, just they, they just stood up to City. They mm. weren't awed by it. And obviously, the Anfield crowd makes such a difference on a big, big game like that as well. Like They're just calling for absolutely everything. Every chest is a handball. Mm. Every tackle's a foul. And I think half the time they know it's not. I think that's part of it, yeah. isn't it? It's part of that really unwelcoming atmosphere where you are, you, you are coming into this sort of dragon's lair almost. Mm. I've, I really, um, really enjoyed Andrew Robertson's performance. Mm-hmm. I think I said earlier in the season that he would be my pick in, in that position ahead of um, Moreno. And I, I picked Robertson for my fancy team early in the season, right at the start of the season when he signed, because I thought he'd be brilliant. But then Klopp just stopped picking him. Mm. He seemed to prefer Moreno for a while. I hope Robertson, on the basis of that performance, gets to play uh, regularly now, and that's that. He's going to make that berth his own because I think he's he's got everything in his locker. I think he's mm. a really really good player. Well, he he snuffed out Raheem for a, a yeah. lot of the. Sterling had to go over the other side of the pitch yeah. on occasion to try and scared get a bit of joy. Running scared, and I, I I do think the occasion got to Sterling. 
which mm. was a bit surprising given the season he's had so far. You can understand it would be difficult in those in those circumstances, mm. but you'd think his quality would rise to the top. A well, he's bit gone more through so did. much this season, hasn't he? And like, and he's managed to go get through it. And just yeah, he has. He's, he's, he's had a good season. Yeah, mm. maybe and, it's all the snake emojis. Yeah, <laughs> maybe might, it, it might maybe. be. Yeah, uh, Edison uh, in particular, he was um, at fault for certainly one, possibly two of the goals. The, the strength in his kicking, he's got a heck of a, a, a right foot on him. Um, I don't know why he couldn't just clear that one, uh, that, that Bob. Yeah, yeah. The, it got the to him. The occasion, yeah. the occasion got to him, Pete. I think. Mm. I think if you could pick any goalkeeper in the league to to take care of a clearance like that, you'd probably pick Edison. Mm. His kick mm. is fantastic. I know. He, he, he was he, the occasion got to him. The first goal you're alluding to as well. You could argue that his positioning was a little bit suspect. Mm. That he left a bit too much of the goal open. Um, but I think that'd probably be a bit harsh. A couple, a couple of goalkeepers on. I think they had Shea given on the. Um, they did. Sports they did. Team. Yeah. So it's probably, it was interesting. Probably yeah. a perfect kind of person to do it. But people were sort of saying that um, uh, he was doing a one-on-one stance or like that a kind was of really close. Yeah, that was Carrius. Oh, was that okay, the right, post, the goal, post. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Apologies. But the Salah goal. I think you're right. I think the occasion did get to him. But in that. The manifestation of that is he's not he's not thought about it, is he? He's just hit no. that and hoped it, which is mm. something you don't really. And also that of... that first touch from Salah to oh, kill that ball there, absolutely. It's like he electrocuted the ball. Yeah, it's <laughs> like he's got like like two hundred and forty volts going through his yeah. toes, or, or he can slow down time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, phenomenal. It was I mean, he still had well. a lot to do. Yeah, he really he still did. Had a lot to do. Yeah, but there, was, there were a couple of great goals in that match. Oh, absolutely. And I think how the, how these perfect storms of brilliant matches happen is mm. that you know both of those teams have. Um, have players who can make a goal out of nothing. So mm. you don't necessarily need clear chances for mm. there to be a lot of goals. Like Leroy Sané's goal, the City's first one, was a great example of that. You know, he had a hell of a lot to do, yeah. but he, he managed to do it. The headline to that for that would have been that Carrius made that mistake and let that in. But, mm. but before he even gets a shot away. Yeah, Gomez gets sucked in. You, you argue that Matic's body positioning is wrong and there's a few mistakes leading up to it, but ultimately he's absolutely leathered that from quite close in. <laughs> yeah, from right. quite close in, but it, it was a fantastic <laughs> game. It was I, I also potentially probably a bit early to say this just yet. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, a coming of age for Oxlade Chamberlain in a, in a mm. Liverpool shirt as well, probably. I mean, he, he was very interesting on the radio. Um, he rang into Five Live, and he said the um, the earlier goal he scored this season. He said he didn't feel like he played that well, and he didn't know if he deserved the goal. But this game, he felt like he was he, mm. he deserved it. And I thought he played very, very well. And, and, and a game of that magnitude to score so early on um, was was amazing for his confidence. I mean, yeah. he was up and down mm. all over the place after that. And it, and it makes you wonder. I know we're going to come on and talk about Arsenal in a little bit, and, and we've talked about them a lot recently. But it makes you wonder whether he would have been capable of that performance under the current iteration of, of Arsenal. Well, I'm, I'm counting that as a goal for Arsenal. Yeah, you should. Given that it goes towards, um, you know, stopping City going unbeaten. So that's, a two, and that's a two, so that's a two-all draw for Arsenal this weekend. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I like about, I, I know there's a lot being said about Mo Salah and how amazing he is, and obviously he's going to be um, nominated for every individual award going uh, in the coming years, I'm sure. But the way he kind of um, keeps hold of the ball, he doesn't do it with brute force, he doesn't do it with pace, he does it with just the most exquisite close control mm, yeah. and it's beautiful to see he doesn't look like he's that fast but his feet are just so on it and so aware and so I think he's also got like a really good um, mindset mm. like, and typified by the way he scored that goal it's almost like he's perfectly calm and serene yeah. at all times I mean, in a really frenetic Liverpool lineup. Yeah, as well. yeah, you guys will correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't really remember him losing his temper in a Liverpool shirt so far this no. season. He seems to be pretty. No. He's like, like he's got ice in his veins. Mm. It's also his mobility as well. Mm. You, you you feel like there there is nothing. There's no angle a ball can come at him at, and, and sort of no speed it can come at him at mm. that he won't be comfortable with. And there's a lot of players, even very you know good professionals, that you wouldn't necessarily say that about. Mm. Did, did, were you guys surprised to see that Liverpool only had 35 percent possession because it seemed yeah. like a pretty even game? <laughs> and, and Manchester on that City basis. Seemed, seemed really. Um, Capable of just losing the ball themselves yeah. at some point. Just, oh, they were pre- was, they were pressed, though, weren't they? Put under so much pressure. But there was some wonky passing from some very very celebrated and uh, and you know respected, uh, respected players. Respected players. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We also we've also seen City be capable of that in games mm. that they've otherwise gone on to win this season, but they've not looked brilliant. Mm. And I think Liverpool deserve a lot of credit. Like I said earlier, of just disrupting their rhythm and really getting amongst. It. I think if you set up. Liverpool would never do this in the current iteration of their team because they're good and because they're at home and because they, you know, they they they're a bigger team. Mm. But if you set up um, two banks of four or four and a five and try and frustrate City, eventually, more often than not, they're gonna they're gonna unpick yeah. you. Mm. Whereas if you give them something to think about as well, easier said than done because they've got world class players in mm. every position. If you upset their rhythm and go at them and really and really show them you've got something to, about you as well. 
that's your best course of action. But I'll tell you why, because Otamendi made a bit of an error in that game. Mm. John Stones was out-muscled for that goal um, as well. I don't even think he knew Firmino was there, which mm. is a, a huge problem with concentration, because if he does realise he's there, there's no way he gets pushed off the well, ball well, so easily. Well, look at Stones yeah. arriving at the back post, where he tried to flick it back into the into the path of somebody in, in, in the six-yard box. Yeah. He just fluffed it, and it's like, John Stones is known for one thing, being a really decent ball-playing yeah, centre. For, exactly. for that position, yeah. he's, a, he's a hell of a good footballer, but yeah. it's just like, he just he just couldn't couldn't turn it back in, even yeah. though he, was, he, he could have had it under control and they were notably rattled as well Mm. like you know tangibly rattled which is not really something we've seen from them this season so again it's it's an encouragement to everyone else with with Man City losing um, you know this is something big around their neck that they kind of had to worry about this kind of uh, this emotional kind of um, situation where they had uh, gone uh, so many matches uh, unbeaten they've lost it now is it better that they lost it against Liverpool rather than someone like Crystal Palace or something like that? Isn't it better that they lost them against a team who can really hurt you on the break? I, I don't know if it actually will make a, a blind bit of difference to their mindset, thinking about it. Will it, it make because, them less nervy, though? Well, I think, you know, this the unbeaten tag, it could be something they were aiming at and sort of nervous about keeping. So the, for, for that to go with, you know, however many games left mm. is, is potentially a good thing. But, you know, they're, they're 15 points clear at the moment. If Man United wins tonight, that's, that goes down to 12. But still, you know, they're so far out in front that I think... You know they they can absorb that they can mm. comfortably absorb that they have the luxury of you know of having a certain amount of games they can lose so I I don't think this is really going to make much difference to them at all. Two points on that one: Guardiola looked genuinely pleased that that monkey was off their back, mm. <clears throat> and if you heard him on the on the radio interview afterwards as well, he um he was very gracious. I don't think he, he didn't seem that bothered at all. Really, right. I think he knew that his team had done well and and that the other team were good. And and I think it's easy to be like that when you know you're going to win the league. Mm. But the second point is. Man United went more games unbeaten last season than Man City right. have done this season, mm. which is crazy to think about. I know Man United drew a lot of those games, and, and you know they weren't great to watch. But everyone was talking about um, Man City going the whole season unbeaten. Well, they've not actually even exceeded what Man United did last season, who of course didn't win the title anyway. Mm. So, so I think it is a, to answer your question. I think it it probably is a bit better that <clears throat> that they did it against a really good team. Yeah. And I think they'll be pleased that it's off their back and they haven't got to worry about it, if if indeed they were worrying about it at all. Well, speaking of Man, Man United, I mean, Liverpool, um, I think at 4-1, I was going, if they score one more goal, they go second, which yeah. is very exciting. Yeah. But then they just threw it away. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, we don't want to be up there. We don't want to be part of this conversation. It's I, I wish that game had... Maybe those two goals, I mean, I think the third goal City scored was in the 91st minute or something. Mm. I wish it was in, say, the 85th. Yeah, yeah. that would have been amazing. There just wasn't enough time, was there? We've, we've witnessed an amazing game now. We've really enjoyed it. Mm. And we are being a bit greedy to say that. But it would have been amazing if we had an extra five minutes or so. Teote just outside the 18 yard. I got, I, I know, yeah, exactly. But I got, I got, I think, three WhatsApps from, um, from Liverpool fans, friends of mine. And all of them were variations on the... Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> with about, with about, with, I think oh, it was when City shush. scored their second. Yeah, everybody shush. That's what I say. So that was the uh, top of the league. Uh, let's go down to the bottom though. The race to the championship. A very variable match. Watford, <laughs> yeah. Watford two, Southampton two. Um, I love the commentary on this. The, the commentary <laughs> when Decore scored that handball goal. The commentator said. I think there was a suspicion of a handball there. So I just you don't is, have to be. It's like when they go, "Is Donald Trump racist?" Question mark. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah, you don't just, have to. He said something racist. It's fine. It's like saying it's I, fine. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine that you to call him a racist. I think this and is, to be racist. Pete, all right, get over it. All right, he won. <laughs> I, th- I think. Um, I think it's a bit like when uh, someone, like someone saying, "I, I think." There's a suspicion that JFK might have been shot in the head. <laughs> and I, I, said, I put it on Twitter and someone replied saying, um, there's brains all over the seat, Jeff, but we'll need to see a replay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most egregious handball around. You yeah. don't see him anymore. You don't see no, the brass ball. It? it was kind of sort of civilised, wasn't it? It was almost like he was going, a good day to you, sir. Yeah. May I escort you into the net? Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Loved the gesture. It was a caress. It, yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it was. was a, he scored with a hand gesture. That's yeah. how blatant it was. It was a Rocket League-esque. Just get in there. Just get in there. Uh, Pellegrino, after a 10-match winless run, he was quite... Uh, he wasn't like unbearably angry about the whole situation. He was like, oh, well, you know, these yeah. things happen. Which the referees great. have a hard job. I think sometimes when managers go in and go, well, the referee's got a very hard job. I think it just piles more pressure onto the referee and piles more pressure onto the FA. If he'd gone in and went, it's disgusting, they should be like this and that. Like yeah. Darren Ferguson. Like Darren be, Ferguson, yeah, who yeah. literally said, I think they should be shot. Yeah, which we don't <laughs> agree with. No. Um, no, we don't. Uh, um, <laughs> Pellegrino, I Shout think... over Cannon, maybe. I, I think he's having a... T- let's distance ourselves from that as well. Trebuchet. Trebuchet out of a cannon. Um, 
I think Pellegrino is a quite a poor manager, and I think oh. I think um, you can't react. Like if you if you watch what happened in that Watford game, they went two 0 up. Um, Warprow's got a couple, and you know him scoring two in one game. That must have been the first time it's ever happened. But mm. um, what? Uh, it's, uh, Portsmouth fans slagging off a Southampton manager? No, that's definitely <laughs> not the first. Listen, the Southampton fans will all be with me if what I'm hearing is correct. <laughs> um, Deeney came on at half time, changed it. It went to two up front, from what I could make out, and he just couldn't react. Mm. He, he can't. I mean, the goal was ridiculous and it shouldn't have stood, but it was coming. I mean, no yeah. one's going to say it wasn't coming. Um, I think Watford looked better with two up front. I, I, th- I also think that Silva, although I've overrated him a little bit this season and Watford have not been as good as perhaps I thought they would be, Silva can change it in a game. Mm. Silva is capable of going, I've got that wrong, I'm going to change it up. He's, he's a bit more of a, a thoughtful coach. Mm. Pellegrino doesn't seem to be able to do anything. Very passive and, team. And, and I would have been, yeah, and I would have been pissed off. If um, if my manager was that sort of serene after that sort of decision, mm. um, partly because of the decision was ridiculous, and partly because you know he should have a bit more fight in him. Mm. I mean, he was given a vote of confidence a couple of weeks ago. They they're sleepwalking towards relegation. You need mm. to see a bit more. And, and I understand he might not be that character, that type of character. But then they're now one point off the relegation zone. Mm. Could that, he be, could he be doing something different in the dressing room though? I mean, you, you well, what happened? If you what if you go and watch, look, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But if you go and watch Southampton a bit more closely. Um, <laughs> he isn't able to change it. Mm. He's, he's just not... Uh, personally, it's not very scientific. I just don't think he's a very good manager. The amount of times I've seen him, um, and there will be people out there, of course, who wa- who've watched him a lot closer than me, and they're welcome to get in touch if they think I'm wrong. But the amount of times you see a another team change it, and he can't react. He can't do anything. He can't change it mm. around. Um, and, they, and they cannot score enough goals. I mean, ironically, because they got two against away from home, which you'd, you'd be happy with, but... They still didn't close out the win, um, and the second half they were they were besieged. Mm. The undoubted highlight of that for me was Dizan Tadic leaving the defender on his ass, which is it's one of those things like a goal line clearance. It's like if someone has fallen over because <laughs> of your skill, that that's great. It's very you, gifable, you, you get isn't it? points for that. It's I, very it's a different scoring. System. They wish they wish they did get points for that. <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think the other thing on on the Watford thing as well. Uh, Andre Gray, interestingly enough, came out today or yesterday saying, um, "What a turnaround!" He doesn't like. He doesn't like. He doesn't. He doesn't like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean come out in that way. Uh, that seems unlikely. He, he he said he doesn't like playing one up front. He doesn't like playing up front. Right. Own. And you've got Deeney on the bench, who's you know the heart and soul mm. of that club, and, mm. and I think he's the club captain still. Play two up front. Yeah, that is a robust two as well. That oh, gives man. you a lot. Nightmares. Yeah, absolutely absolute nightmares. Because <laughs> what for the ten? Your cojones all over the place. They're banging in the middle of, the, of mid-table. They're not going to go up. They're not going to. They can't go up. They're not going to get into Europe. They're not going to go down. Play two up front. Just go for going up. Imagine there is another league above you and go up. Yeah, that, like, they've um, only been promoted in their recent history. Go up, guys. I think it was on Soccer AM with Craig David. Remember Craig David? You yeah. can still find him. He's uh, from Southampton. He is, yeah, he's a Southampton fan. He yeah. was on Soccer M and years and years ago asked about um, supporting Southampton. I don't think he knew an awful lot about um, football, mm. bless him. And, the, and they were in the Premier League at the time. And uh, they said, oh, what, what do you think about Southampton's season? And I think he said, um, yeah, it's going really well. I think if we carry on, we might even get, get promoted this season. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're in the Premier League already. And that, <laughs> oh, that, was, well. that was the football show as well. Bless so it even more impressive. Uh, well, uh, another important match uh, down at the bottom. It's a funny old situation, though, like the, the, the bottom six or seven teams. Uh, Newcastle won, Swansea won. Ramble favourite, Hosselu scoring for Newcastle United. Yeah. I nice think finish. he's heard your prediction, Luke. He's gone, <laughs> I'm going to take the edge off this. <laughs> He's the leading league scorer for Newcastle with an almighty four goals. Wow. Wow, guys. Blimey. Drink it in. Sheer arrest, guys. Yeah. How, how has he taken the edge off? I mean, he is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there could be any sort of debate Mate, about that. He's doing what he can. If, if anybody needs to know what a £5 million striker looks like in the Premier League in 2018... Hosselu is definitely that yeah. I suppose Hosselu could come into the studio right now and say to us all, no one scored more goals than me in that team. Yeah. No one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Um, Swansea should have had a penalty after Mordiami uh, handled. Mordiami, I don't like him. I think he's always off the pace. I don't know why he keeps on getting matches. He is a dreadful footballer. Is it just that the squad is that thin? Well, that's a, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. This is I the mean, problem now. Isn't it? Who else are they playing then? Marino or Hayden? Well, Marino's better. Marino's a different footballer, but he's definitely better than uh, Modiami. He's one of our better uh, better players, to be honest. Marino. I mean, do you think it's likely anyone's going to come in in the window? Oh, Shelby, of course. We play Shelby in there. Mm. Well, Shelby like... played alongside the army, didn't he? Shelby, he got subbed off and Shelby, got angry. Yeah, yeah. So Shelby refused to um, shake Rafa's hand, which is uh, quite amusing. But he since said story. Story? Said story. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late to say story. He said, he said, said story. He since said story, and Rafa Benitez replied, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a word. Get out of my office if you're not going to apologise. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> and John Joe Shelby said, I thought about apologising, but I thought I'd say a word that sounds a bit like sorry to show that I'm half sorry. <laughs> but it was a dreadful weekend for Newcastle United. Teams like Bournemouth, West Ham, West Brom all winning, uh, and they're, they're, they're about to get sucked in again. They had a bit of uh, a decent um, set of results over Christmas, but they're getting sucked in again. They've only lost one of their last five. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but they're still getting sucked in. Luke, that's the problem. That's the problem. They need you, wins. They need goals. You want to be beating the them. You'd want to be beating Swansea. Well, exactly. I mean, that's home the as well. free hit as well. And Manchester City are next at the Etihad. Um, oh, and they'll backlash. be angry. Backlash. And they'll be angry on a backlash on, on a Sunday afternoon so or a Saturday afternoon even. Um, so, yeah, not, not great for Newcastle United. And uh, Ashley just seems very disinterested in signing anyone. Apparently yeah, I mean, Raph, I mean you don't need to say that. I mean, we'll, no. we'll take that as red <laughs> until we hear anything different. They're not bringing anyone it's like in. When you, do, when you do your driving test, that they say at the beginning, go straight on this, I'll tell you otherwise. <laughs> Same with Mike Ashley in signing. Unless we hear otherwise, we're assuming he's yeah. not going to sign anyone. Okay. Um, How's he going to sell a club in the Championship, though? It's ridiculous. Not, um, not my problem. Not your problem. Right, let's go to, uh, well, the email corner. The thing we used to call email corner. Correspondence with Jim Campbell corner. Right, yeah. Jim, I've got an update from Oscar Person. Okay, oh, yeah. About, about teeth. About, um, you know, if adults can still have their baby teeth. Person we got a, teeth. We got a lot of correspondence from people saying that they do indeed have um, adult, um, uh, sorry, baby teeth in their adult mouths. Oscar, but I, Oscar is the, um, the official dentist of the football. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we'll, mean, we'll, I, I mean, I saw this, him. but it's very much just one tooth or two teeth. No one's got full sets of no, baby teeth. That's that's, I don't think that happens. So someone, someone emailed in saying that something similar to that had happened. Right, um, but okay. like I say, there were so many. So over to Oscar. Good day, gang. I can confirm that it is possible to have primary teeth, aka baby teeth, left as an adult. It is relatively common to be missing a develop- developing permanent tooth. And if this is the case, the primary tooth can be left in its place if it is of a good quality and does not loosen. The purpose of this is to delay the need of a more invasive and costly measure to close the gap, such as an implant or a bridge. Hope this was useful, yeah. Oscar Person. Yes, it was, Oscar. Yeah, it's very, very useful. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to hear from Oscar every week, I'll be honest. No, no I mean, I, I mean Oscar there has used the word primary teeth to make people have baby teeth in their mouth feel better, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, I was always told to say milk teeth. Milkies. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, he's using dentistry, you know, yeah. lingo. I don't he? rate it. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. I don't is, rate him as a this manager. This is another tooth related one. Um, yeah. okay. But it moves, uh, something stood out about. Stomach, something st- story story story, <laughs> story, story I can't read emails yeah. something stood out about it to me that I want to flag with you guys hi fellas here's a little nugget about adults with milk teeth that blew my mind recently we had a new grad start at work a few months uh, back who has a mirror slash identical twin this is the issue during one of our early meetings she revealed that not only does she have a solitary milk tooth still remaining but her twin also has a milk tooth remaining in the same spot but mirrored and therefore on the other side of her mouth that's from Mac- Max Carter mirror twins what's that yeah, oh, never heard know. that phrase no, before I, is this a phrase? I don't... So now you've read that one about the milk teeth and twins. Oscar's going to get back in touch again. We'll yeah, get the whole thing got... again. Well, if Oscar knows anything about twins, we can round off this story stager. <laughs> Is there a dentistry podcast? Can we get in the business? There's an everything podcast. It sounds like that. you two are mimic- and mocking people who can't speak properly because of their teeth problems. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't funny. Yeah. So don't laugh at it. Sorry, mate. Um, right, so uh, James Quinn in Sydney has been in touch. Morning Ramblers, on the topic of people from the world of football lending their name to opening random things, oh, my, yeah, local, like my local Bunnings Warehouse, Think B&Q, was opened by former Palace player Tony Popovich, who was managing Western Sydney Wanderers at the time. Bunnings are famous here for having barbecues at the entrance, serving up sausages to customers, so that may have swung it. That's the most Australian <laughs> yeah. thing ever. It's absolutely brilliant. So, got one more. I, th- I think Tony Popovich, he definitely scored one of the best own goals I've ever seen. And I think this might be wishful thinking. This is for Palace. I think it might have been against Portsmouth. (laughs) It's either against Portsmouth or Birmingham. Yay. Great to hear Tony Popovich's name. Mm. I hope he's better at opening um, uh, B&Q warehouses. Uh, than he is at not scoring own goals. <laughs> nice. well, and that's actually, the final word. Yeah. We're, we're actually going to head down to Portsmouth now. Okay. Um, Sorry so, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's from Rich Stevens. Gents, after listening to the pod on Monday where there was talk of a conservatory opened by Graham Lasso, it got me thinking back to my days living in Portsmouth and an unlikely combination of Roman Abramovich and a social club in Havant. Um, Havant. 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 Makes Havant. it sound better than it is. <laughs> the Havants and the Havants. You remember, you remember Havant and Waterloo? Right? I do, yeah. 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 I do, evidently not how to pronounce it. Or anything <laughs> Or, or as you would call it, haven't and uh, Waterloo Village. <laughs> 
Startaloo. Startaloo! Whilst that with one of my pals, we visited the social, uh, said social club on a rainy Saturday. Here I discovered the most beautiful conservatory I'd ever seen. It was much larger than any regular conservatory, covering the full length of the hall at the social club. The frame was made of decorative hardwood with almost floor-to-ceiling panes of glass. Each and every glass pane even had privacy glass that changed from clear to opaque at the touch of a button. Well, he's like rich, passionate from a about Bond movie. He's passionate I, about it. I know. It's, it's Partridge's level of, of passion about this conservatory. <laughs> Puzzled as to how they could afford this magnificent structure, I was about to ask how it came to be at this location. Before I could utter a word, and presumably after seeing the look on my face, my friend proceeded to explain to me that it was once owned by Roman Abramovich, who had used the structure to house a bowling alley. Not happy with the conservatory, Roman had the structure removed. It just so happened that the contractors he had used to tear it down were from Portsmouth. They carefully dismantled <laughs> it, dismantled it, and brought it back in pieces to Haven, where it was reassembled to its former glory and still sits to this day. Keep up the good work, fellas. I now live in New York and I'm a Liverpool fan, but Pompey will always have a special place in my heart. That's from Rich Stevens in Long a Island. A special place in my conservatory heart. <laughs> um, I'll read in between the lines. That might be related to the, th- the fact that I think Abramovich used to have a big house in West Sussex. Right. Which is also very, obviously very close to there. Mm. So maybe that's where they got it from. Makes sense. I mean, Weird, d- though. D- I mean, Last thing you'd expect. Yeah. D- are oligarch's houses just constantly being made? Like, yeah. I think just, so. There's a digger everywhere. Like... I've got two words for you. Super basement. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear about a, uh, a, 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 a millionaire oligarch's house without hearing the word super basement. Well, yeah. I think we've spoken about this before. The diggers that they just um, leave underneath houses because it's too expensive to winch them out. Yeah. They've I, got I think... a higher crane. 50 Cent had a club in his house. His, club. his basement was indeed the club. club I yeah. hope it was wow. called that. Um, I heard a really good story about 50 Cent um, from someone I used to work with and his fascination with English uh, TV game shows. Is that right? He used to love the weakest link, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being serious, not even a joke. Love it. Um, and um, on the, on the, super, on the uh, diggers thing, Crossrail, which is the... Mate, I'm train... all over this. I told you this, but oh, I, yeah, I, I get really emotionally upset. The train line that goes across London, Crossrail, a.k.a. the Elizabeth line, mm. the, 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 the drills that are drilling the hole have to stay there because yeah. they can't come out, so they're essentially drilling their own grave. It's like that episode <laughs> of Thomas the Tank, in, uh, tank Engine when one of them gets like bricked up because oh, he's been naughty. Oh, yeah. Depressing. Well, Pete That's told so me that sad. fact on the Luke and Pete show, which you can hear every Monday, and he actually got quite depressed about it. I don't like that sort of thing. It's like when you... Uh, I feel like I'm betraying my computer if I'm ordering another computer on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> on the computer that I'm When using. you say computer, do you mean sex bot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm tell- uh, sex bot? Order me a sex bot. <laughs> no denial. No, no, no denial. Uh, right, Deflection. so we'll be back uh, with news of our best bet from Friday and also a little chat about West Bromwich Albion in a moment. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Legend. So the previous show, <laughs> sponsored by Bet365, it's back this coming Friday uh, with Marcus in situ, hopefully. Uh, how did our best better get on from last week, though, Luke? Alex Murphy. Oh, Murphy, give us a wave. Murphy, Murphy, give us a wave. Wasn't that the name of Robocop? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, someone pointed that out, I think. I okay. didn't pick it up at the time. Yeah. Anyway, he went Spurs to win and over two and a half goals in the game. Only bloody came in, didn't it? Oh, yeah. back on winning wins. We're out of our rut. Come on. Um, good lad. So thanks for that, Alex. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing what you come up with on Thursday. So email <laughs> us at show at thefootballramble.com if you haven't already with your uh, best bet for next week. You're a third of the way, 33.3% <laughs> recurring of the way to that infamous uh, and fairly difficult to get hold of given that no one's done it so far. Yeah. Ramble hat trick. Is that this? This is the scene is set though. Really, I think you get the two and then you just. Oh, I've got to two before. On, but I've never on. done three. Come on. Well, the problem is, as we've said so many times, is that people get to three and they start, you know, shooting for the wind. I know, <laughs> right? too high. I know, right? Uh, well, speaking of destroying a winless run, twenty games winless. West Bromwich Albion two, Brighton and Hove Albion nil. Pardew gets his. Cheapies. He gets his win, Luke mm. Moore. Before I go on to that, just very, very quickly, Spurs were very good against Everton, they were. by the way. They yeah, were fantastic. Okay. <laughs> no, they were. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked yeah, about them yeah. for a while. and I, I think mm. I'm just thinking about Spurs fans listening in. We talked about Arsenal quite a lot. Mm. Spurs, they did just about enough in the first half. And the second half, they put their foot down. They were fantastic. They're especially because Everton had like, new players as well. To, I know, to, to right? Bed in. They're and at a point where they're... Sorry, mate. They're at the point where they're finishing each other's shots. Yeah, like 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 lovers. Mm. <laughs> and and, and like Everton... Lovers. Eric and, and Delhi. Everton have lost three on the spin now. They haven't won uh, any of the last five. Mm. So, I mean, people are sort of popping the champagne for Big Sam, but mm. it's, the wheels are starting to come off. I know Spurs away is a tough game. But anyway, 20-game uh, winless run for Alan Pardew's West Brom, a manager known for his fast starts. Mm. <laughs> uh, sadly, Maybe that's not manifested itself this time around. But <laughs> here comes the bounce. Yeah. Is it just <laughs> delayed? Can you bounce up a slide? I don't know. Was it just <laughs> was it meant to be delivered by Yodel over Christmas and, and therefore failed? <laughs> really, really lit. Stop having to go at Yodel. They were rubbish. Can they escape the drop is the question. They don't look great. They've got some really, really important fixtures coming up, but really difficult ones as well at that. Uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City coming up next month for West Brom. Oh, well, I... They've got three away games in a row, if you include the FA Cup. Away to Everton, mm. away to Liverpool in the Cup and away to Man City. And they don't score. <laughs> yeah, but they look very, very functional and limited, don't they? Mm. You don't know where those goals are going to come. If they, mm. you know, if they, if they are going to put a run together, if they're going to put a late surge together, which it looks like they will absolutely have to do, given those those fixtures. I just, I just don't know if they've got enough. And they, do they look hungry enough as well? You know, they, they as we as we've said, they haven't had this sort of real rise in kind of uh, enthusiasm out of Pardew. And, and this game was still, you know, two headers from centre backs. It was you, you can't rely on that in every game. Mm. No, I, I think they're going to struggle. I think they'll be relegated. There you go. How about Oh, there we go. Have a bit of that. Um, another week, another accusation of racism. Jay Rodriguez this time. We'll see how that one pans out. I don't really want to talk about that. I mm. want to talk about... I kind of want to contrast that with the uh, sad death of a, a true trailblazer, um, Cyril Regis, obviously yeah. a, a club legend there. Yeah. Legendary uh, player. Tra- as you say, a trailblazer is the right word. Uh, and a friend of the Ramble as well. I mean, mm. We met him. I met him at Villa we, Park. We've each met him ago. a couple of times, haven't we? Yeah, he was a lovely, lovely man. Um, and very sad and condolences to it to his family and friends, of course. Uh, played football with great dignity and great quality in a time when it was difficult to do so as a black mm. man. So, you know, fair mm. play to him and, you know, and, and rest in peace. I like just watching some of the montages of him playing football. 
Good God, he was quick and strong. My yeah. word. And, I mean, I hate to talk, when it comes to like 80s kind of black footballers, I hate talking about their physicality before I talk about their, 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 their you know, cultured right foot or whatever. But he was an in- incredible footballer. Mm. He was so powerful. Oh, when I met him, I mean, he died very, very untimely death, by the way, only 59. Mm. Very sad. But when I met him. I didn't him, even think he was that old, to be honest. It's well, like, well, when I met him, Pete, he was, um, he was about. He must have been about 53. Mm. And he looked like a specimen still. He was mm. so in such good nick. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and, and a lovely chap as well. So it was a very, very sad. Um, capped a few times for England as well, five times. Also, a, a, a throwback to a bygone age. This never happens these days. Much the same way that Ian Wright was plucked from a, a sort of fairly low-down amateur football. Mm. I think Cyril Regis was signed from a Sunday league team. Was that right? Wow. Yeah, so it doesn't happen these days. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's move on to uh, Bournemouth 2, Arsenal 1. Arsene Wenger <laughs> is apparently going to review the Arsenal defeat in a harsh way. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be really scathing. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, in, in the commentary, I think post-match... Um, Somebody said oh, another difficult afternoon for Arsene Wenger. I thought, yeah, is it just another one, isn't it? And I thought, although he's actually undoubtedly been one of the most influential managers of the Premier League era, I mean, even including Kevin Keegan, when you take the time into it, has there been a more beleaguered manager? No. <laughs> all the, all the, like, how can he enjoy this at no, this point? No, there hasn't been. Mm. And I, I think, I know this is. I, I hope you don't jump on this because I, I really want to clarify what I'm saying before before I get to the end of the point. Is that I heard someone the other day talking about taking Wenger's statue down. And I know it's ridiculous, but the very idea that people are even suggesting that, and it's not, it's not, um, it's not so ridiculous like you're, you're laughing them out of town for saying it, because what, what someone's trying to articulate by saying that there in quite a ham-fisted way is this guy is pissing all over his own legacy. Mm. No, no one was saying, no one's ever said that about Sir Alex Ferguson, who's managed, mm. who's managed his club for a, a well, amount of time. I mean, he's a, he's a step apart from that. But, like, but well, yeah, he is. And, and, and in many ways, it shows how good Ferguson was able to be for such mm. a long time. But the very idea that people are able to come to that way of thinking, and I know you get idiots, but it's still, it's still a valid enough point for it to be talked about. I, I You're grimacing, Jim. Is it I think of... the idea of them taking Wenger's statue down is an idiot on the internet that shouldn't be paid too much, uh, too much <laughs> heed. Because, yeah. you know, like you're, you're always going to get people that, that, that overreact to things. I mean, um, I don't know if anyone's seen Petr Cech's Instagram uh, yeah. this weekend, <laughs> yeah. but some of the comments on there. The most Arsenal players. Well, absolutely, yeah. It's this, this stream of it. It's just this I'm not suggesting. Abuse. I'm not suggesting that it should be taken down, and I think he should be applauded and rightly sort of um, respected for everything he's achieved. It's one of the more accurate but, statues. But, yeah, it probably <laughs> is, actually. But he's gone, he's gone from being a genuine pioneer to just an, another average manager now and it's, mm. and it's, the, the conversation off the back of um, that defeat against Bournemouth was like oh you know would you think he'll end he'll leave in the summer or will he, will he see out his contract and it's like he should have gone last year he probably should have gone the year before but he definitely should have gone last year yeah. um, and they're not going to they're not going to they're, they're unlikely to finish the season with any trophies or any silverware to paper over the cracks this year mm. you cannot make an argument I said it probably the last three weeks in a row now so forgive me but you cannot make an argument that another manager at the top level wouldn't get more out of those players. Absolutely. I think that the squad is bare at the moment as well. The, the, the problem now um, is, you know, Sanchez is clearly going to leave. I think Ozil, you know, is likely to leave as well. There's talk that the club are confident of, of, of you know, signing him up again, but that could just be PR. I'm saying that about Sanchez. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I take that with a huge pinch of salt. But the thing is, you know, I don't think Arsenal can get in a Thomas Lamar or a Julian Draxler or an Aubameyang who they're being linked with. I don't know if they can get these high-profile players in yeah. now. So, what's the, the sell, what's the selling point going to be? Come to Arsenal, get a fucking lobotomy. Yeah, quite, <laughs> and, be, and be a shadow of the player you used to be. So, uh, part of the sort of worry for Arsenal fans for a long time has been. Worst case scenario is we drop out of the Champions League, stay out of the Champions League for a time and just become a sort of a bit of a kind of, you know, upper mid-table club and then you sort of have to rebuild. That time is here. That time is absolutely yeah, here for Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal now, they, they obviously need a change of manager. That will happen either at the end of the season or the end of next season. I really think Wenger will see out his contract because he's a stubborn man. There's this ridiculous situation where he chooses when he leaves and I don't think he will leave. But Arsenal need to completely change their transfer policy now because what they have to do, they can't compete with everyone else. So a good example would be they have to get a Falcao before he goes to Porto rather than before he goes to Atletico Madrid. Mm. And they have to get in highly rated youngsters that have played games. Someone like Christian Pulisic, for example, but then again, the current market means that his value or his fee would be prohibitive. Um, they have to get these players in that are kind of, you know, slightly 
slightly hidden gems with players that are perhaps undervalued in the market, which Wenger has, has shown that he can do in the past. But, you know, he's that, that isn't working now. now. Of course he's out of touch. Course, of touch, touch. That, well, that flush is, is very much busted. So Arsenal have to have to change everything they're doing at the moment. They have to change absolutely everything because this is so stale that it's now it, it's now just a downward spiral. It's not, it's not, it's it's not treading better. water anymore. It's drowning now. And, and I think that's a nice way, well, it's a horrible way of putting it, but I understand it's a very <laughs> accurate way of putting it. Um, to, to sort of maybe add a bit of a, a bit of a bit of clarity to, to what I said about the whole statue thing, maybe that was a poor analogy. But if you look at what's expected of a manager in different areas of managing a top club, well, what style of football do Arsenal play? What type of team are they? Well, no, I don't know. No one. I mean, we always knew what they were classically, but we don't now. Does he sign good players? Well, he occasionally signs good players, but a lot of the time he signs bad players. Does he improve players that are at his team? Does he get the best performances out of them? No. You know, the, all the stuff that is on page one of being a top manager, Arsene Wenger is routinely failing at. Mm. They're also a passive team, as we were saying about Southampton. You know, mm. Too often football happens to them. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? And it feels right, like yeah. there's no we, sort of control over it. I, I think Arsenal's kind of, uh, Arsene is unlucky um, in that he started his career at Arsenal or started his, uh, his work at Arsenal when things like the FA Cup were actually quite valued. And as the kind of the, 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 the gilding has been pulled off the lily with the FA Cup, for example, um, his achievements aren't really respected as much, maybe. I don't but, know. Like, I mean, finishing fourth they, they or will, thereabouts in Pete, the Premier will, League is difficult they, with a team that you don't spend a lot of money but on. But they will be instantly be respected if he were to fuck off. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. Look at a politician. Look at a prime minister. As mm. soon as they go, give it a year, and they're the best thing ever. Mm. Yeah, but because, because you, whatever comes along afterwards is normally. But rubbish. if you're a manager, if you're a manager, you back yourself. If you're a footballer, you back yourself. You back yourself to get out of the rut. You back yourself to win every match. Arsene Wenger, like managers, are very different breeds to anyone else. They, they think they can win every football match, and if they mm. don't, they shouldn't be in the job. So that's why he keeps on, uh, you know, turning up to football matches. That's why he keeps on saying he's he's going to see out his contract because he truly believes it's, that. Yeah, he can turn it around. Absolutely. But the thing is, in the past, what he's had to back that up has been the consistent top four finishes where they've mm. had like less money to spend than other teams or the FA Cups. But th- th- those aren't here now. So, you know, and, and this is all, by the way, utterly consistent with a team that um, have a disinterested owner. Yeah, yeah that's part of it. The last good season Wenger had in terms of overachievement at Arsenal was 2004. It's mm. 14 years ago. Well... Never mind, guys. No, Never mind. Final, I think you could put in there, but you know. Yeah, maybe. But they won the league by eleven points in two thousand and four. Mm. They've not, and they've not won the league since. Maybe, maybe it's unfair. But you're not. Point for it. No, yeah, I haven't won it. Nah, apparently well, not, mate. I no. look forward to the time when we don't have to talk about Arsenal. <laughs> Retire, <laughs> you <laughs> old Listen, shit. It's our show. We can actually choose to do that if we want. <laughs> we just don't choose. Well, there you go. Slow mo. <laughs> so I'm just reading some of Petacek's comments. <laughs> Need new hands, gloves, reactions, brain. But just imagine being bombarded with this stuff all the time. Are I mean, you... that one just says wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about me pressing this button, Jim? I'm all right, usually. <laughs> Not that. What the hell was that? <laughs> I see Wayne getting involved. I saw him last week slapping a wrestler. I'm thinking, why is he getting involved in all that nonsense? Um, Pete, um, I've seen Rooney slap worse. Rooney, um, Pete, you're not Rooney, you're, you're Pete. Can we? I forgot to get a little uh, jingle for Alex Murphy earlier. Can we have the Biffy Claro for a bet come in? Uh, yeah. There we go. There, there you go, go, Alex. Do you want the re- Richly do you, deserved. Do you want the rest of that K-pop stab? What? I'm very, very good. I'm very, very good. What an ironic mistake. Is that on Wenger's pre-match uh, routine? <laughs> Still into the old J-pop and K-pop. I mean, he's come over here, listening with to K-pop. K-pop. <laughs> what does he know about yeah. British music? He's obsessed with K-pop. Um, Yeri Mina. Is it Yeri Mina? Yeri Mina? Yeah, I'm sorry Yeri to hear Mina. that. <laughs> Yeri Mina. I'm Yeri Mina! Uh, he went barefoot at his Barcelona unveiling, which I quite enjoyed, because uh, he wanted to feel the grass under his toes, which I really, really like. That's, That's nice. nice. Yeah, Isn't that nice. a lovely kind of uh, sentiment from a, for mm. a new striker? A new, new, uh, sorry, a new uh, footballer? I like the idea of someone just getting in his ear going, at some point you are going to have to put some boots on. <laughs> 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 put some boots on, you idiot. If someone treads on your foot, it'll be very painful. <laughs> no, gonna, everyone can't do it. You're going to break a metatarsal <laughs> yeah. for crying out loud. Um, big news is that... Uh, can, we have a, can we have a little check on the computer, um, uh, Luke, to see if uh, Ryan Giggs has indeed been confirmed as Wales manager? Because as we record, we started recording at 2am, 2, a, at 2, 2 p.m., and uh, there was a press conference at 2pm. Has he been confirmed yet, or has he not been confirmed yet? BBC are reporting 
two of the most depressing managerial appointments. <laughs> Ryan Giggs unveiled his new Wales manager, yeah. and Paul Lambert's gone to Stoke. Nice. It's like Stoke have gone. You know when they, West Ham hired David Moyes, and everyone said it was rubbish, and it actually turned out okay. <laughs> What's the nearest thing you can get to that? <laughs> oh, Paul Lambert. Well, we'll do with uh, Ryan Giggs first. I mean, uh, somebody posted um, a, a little uh, a tweet. Twenty-one away matches that he was uh, he could have played in uh, for, for Wales. Wales as a player, yeah. and he played in one, yeah, and that yeah. was against Brazil in London. <laughs> Does he understand that he has to attend friendlies with the manager? Yeah. Well, the thing that gets well, me is he's clearly got the job because he's got a pedigree as a Welsh footballer. Yeah. But when you don't play in half the matches, have you really got that pedigree as a Welsh footballer? Well, I, I, one of the things I really enjoyed about Match of the Day at the weekend was Alan Shearer making the joke like, oh, does he know he'll have to turn up for friendlies and absolutely loving it, just really enjoying himself <laughs> like a proper dad. But I think people point back to, to Mark Hughes when he took over at Wales with a very little amount of, of experience saying, oh, maybe it'll work because right. that worked. But I mean, that, that's too big a variable, isn't it? One uh, person yeah. with no experience works, so they all will. I've got two points to make, I suppose. One is that they hired Mark Hughes as their manager before he'd managed anyone else. And I don't know how that got on because I can't remember. I think he did, he did relatively well. <laughs> oh, I he? think they narrowly missed out on qualifying for Euro 2004 from memory. Mm. Um, so there is a precedent there. Uh, the second point I want to make is that someone told someone who should remain nameless told me that Ryan Giggs' interview for the Swansea job was so laughably bad that they had no choice but to not hire him. And then I think he might have come out and said, oh, no, I'm not up for it. <laughs> I think. Right. But I know that his interview was absolutely dreadful. I thought, apparently, right. it was referred to, to, described to me as Tim Sherwood-esque. Right. So <laughs> make of that what you will. I don't, I don't think he'll do that well. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have a terrible time. But I mean, historically... I'm pleased, by the way, he's actually taken a job, though. Well, I mean... He kept rolling himself out of everything, whinging about not it, getting a job. It, it sounds he, like he has taken a job from someone <laughs> as well. I, I actually walked past a Greg's Bakery the other day, first time for everything, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it said, um, part-time staff wanted... And then underneath on the piece of paper it said, I don't want it, Ryan Gig. <laughs> Not interested, <laughs> mate. He, he, you know, um, when you see on a telegraph pole, like uh, a drummer wanted for a band, you've got little tear strips. Mm. He rings up and goes, I don't, I don't want no, it. No, I don't want it. I don't yeah. want a drum. I, I, mean, I, did, drum. I, I did take a strip, but I can't play a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, the Crosswit family of Billing Place. Are you, uh, are you, are you, I'm, I'm aware are you, of this. Are you aware of their work, basically? Yeah, it's, it's a family that's lived in the same house for 50 years and they're sticking two fingers up the Chelsea, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like very much like, uh, is it Archway Iron or Archway... Um, the Spurs uh, one. The Spurs one. That yeah. suddenly burned down! Yeah. Um, how would you... Like, like, it's an interesting sort of situation. It's like those kind of like nail houses in China where you've got to build a motorway around those little houses yeah. and stuff. Um, but they're having none of it. They're saying, really? that, they're saying that the Chelsea uh, ground, the new Chelsea ground, as it's planned, uh, will... Um, will basically block out five out of six of their windows or something. It's rare that I'm on the side of someone who owns a house in Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like, the little guy. The little I, guy, yeah. Part of me when I read this story, because obviously it's blocking Chelsea's new stadium, mm. essentially. Part of me thought, you know what, they lived in that same house for an awful long time. Good for them, you know, mm. fight in the face of... Uh, in, in the face of you know development and endless progress and all the rest mm. of it, you know, there's more to life than increasing its speed and all that kind of thing. Yeah. The great Gandhi. Um, <laughs> then I saw they were asking for twenty mil. <laughs> <laughs> really? and, I, and I thought, come on, yeah, come on. <laughs> Just brilliant. Fair, we'll you, give you William. Yeah, yeah. This is this is austerity, Chelsea. We're talking about yeah, guys. Come yeah. on, they haven't got that sort of money. I, I know he's a billionaire, but they need to balance the books these days. <laughs> uh, do you see that uh, shot uh, in the uh, Bundesliga, the Leverkusen um, Bayern uh, match, where two fans were seen in the crowd? Um, well, basically giving each other a phone call, having using a their shoe. Shoes. Yeah, I didn't really get giving it. Giving themselves a shoe call. Is that, that German humour again? <laughs> I enjoyed German it. Humor. More of that, please. What I'll do is I'll ask um, James Horncastle and Andy Brussel about that on mm. on the continent. Wednesday, and I'll also ask him about that referee that kicked a player and then sent him off. <laughs> PSG, wasn't it? Yeah, that, he, that, that referee's apparently going to be um, quitting at the end of the season, so he does not give a toss. So he's turned into Michael Douglas and <laughs> falling down. <laughs> he really has. Uh, right, uh, time is against us, so we better head to uh, highlights of the weekend. Jim, uh, have you got them? <laughs> I do have them. So, um, All right, you're very, are, very are, bad. Are there a lot about this French referee? Uh, there have been a lot about this yeah. French referee. <laughs> we'll but cover that we'll, on Wednesday. We'll leave that to, yeah. to Wednesday, okay. yeah. So uh, Daniel hutton Lyons gets in touch saying, bit of an underrated one that you might have missed, but Liverpool versus City was a very exciting match. Really good stuff. To top it all, City were actually on a lung unbeaten run going into it. <laughs> yeah, so they were. Yeah. That's a lung unbeaten run going into it. <laughs> as my mouth fails again. Um, yeah. 
Hugo Van Zella has been in touch. Uh, following on from the preview show ta- chat, Martin Tyler's reference to the Aguero moment when he nearly headed in the equaliser. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, it was lovely that you made a little. I also like that, that you just called it the preview tat, which is yeah, probably no, more, yeah. more accurate. <laughs> Follow it's blue Monday, people. We can't talk. It, it yeah. really, really is. So this is a lovely one. This is a lovely little stat. Almost retro ramble. This Charles H Beckett, love that. Has been in touch saying, realizing you'll tell your kids stories about watching Messi one day. If he went goalless in his next 480 La Liga games, he'd still have a better goals per game average than. Nice. That is nice. obscene. Yeah, isn't it? he's that not is... going to do that. Let's make that very clear. I think it might have been Marcus, uh, God rest his soul, who, uh, <laughs> who mentioned this in the past, saying that Raul was like seen as like a pretty prolific Real Madrid striker at one point, and that, that, that's yeah. incredible compared to that. Absolutely. Um, going back to the Liverpool Man City thing, one one thing I did forget to mention was uh, loving uh, James Milner being brought off the bench and picking up a yellow. That's <laughs> yeah. what he's there for. Love it. That's what he's there. For. Break it up. Break it up. Come in, Agent Milner. Your work is done. Uh, so Ryan Jay has been in touch saying that he, he would like to see uh, or enjoyed David Moyes. Can Continuing his redemption in what will surely culminate in West Ham winning their second World Cup. Couldn't but agree more. They were, they were very good. They were. They deserve yeah. some credit. And so does Moyes. He's, he's turning that around. They quickly. deserve some credit and we gave them none on this show. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan did. So it works. So Matthew Chadwick, one for you, Pete, mm. getting to watch the Newcastle game in a pub in Saigon. Lowlight was having to watch Newcastle and Modi Army play football. Yay. James Falconer evens it up for you though, mate, saying West Brom getting rid of Pulis for Pardew due to the awful football played during his tenure, only to watch as their first win since August came in a game where they had less possession than their opponents scored both goals from set plays and interestingly played roughly the same percentage of long balls this weekend 23% as Middlesbrough so <laughs> a number of digs yeah and probably all fair no yeah. I would say they're all, all probably all fair accurate. Yeah. all fact it's been about um, James Milner uh, Luke and Jim when he retires like I think people are going to have a lot more respect for that man. I think he is going to be lauded as kind of like I'm not going to say a Javi, but I'm going to say you know like well yeah you shouldn't be fine. you really shouldn't you <laughs> oh, know, like, yourself hugely like, there. Javi got to about 28 and then suddenly went oh he's quite good isn't he like it's only until you kind of lose a player like that you sort of go oh, if he's you compare, really important if you compare him to Javi I'm going to grab I'm, you all right I'm not doing chuck that. you out the studio and slap you that. in the face I'm not doing that Paul scores Paul scores Paul that started so well and now you've, you've taken a blunderbuss to your own foot Paul scores the other thing Jim is I said this about Wenger earlier and he wasn't having it. <laughs> now he's saying it. oh Milner now Milner I like Milner he seems like a lovely chap I've actually interviewed him and he was nice now, now I think of it pull his statue down and he's, yeah, and he's, and he's a good lad and a, a clearly a very very decent dedicated pro you don't play for that long in the Premier League mm. and he's, still, he's playing for one of the better teams but in the no, Premier League I, wasn't he I don't think anyone is sort of saying he's not that good are they I'm yeah. just laughing because he's like my, my subconscious is yeah, yeah fair enough you think he's it's a cross a between Xavi and Skulls and yeah. the world <laughs> <to> hear it <laughs> Pete's sitting there thinking, why hasn't he got 150 England caps? <laughs> Look, if you could predict Liverpool beating Man City, I can predict that James Milner is going to be as good as Xavi and Paul Scholes I mean, tip together. They're, they're not related. <laughs> uh, right, shut your mouth. It's time for going for Claude. Going for Claude. Claude. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love that you turned the jingle up halfway through the jingle. <laughs> Did you not? I didn't. No, I didn't. That's oh. your ears, your clothy ears. Pete's got a little um, volume dial in front of him, everyone. I got a little <laughs> something for you. That's where his nipple should be. Yeah. MN8. I'm very, very good. MN8, that was. I've got a little something for you. MN8. Yeah. Uh, it's time for Gold. I've got a secret footballer in my mind. I've got a secret player for you. Uh. And, and uh, I'll give you just three guesses to figure out just what it is. It it's a Jermaine Jenness clue. <laughs> Bit of Jermaine not... Jenness in there. Yeah, JJ's and... Jigsaw. Let's do it. J- we're doing JJ's Jigsaw. Basically, I've got a secret footballer. I'm going to give you some clues pertaining to him or her. Probably him. Uh, and uh, you've got to guess who it is. Um, I think so, stop. To paraphrase Bill Hicks, Pete stole this from Jermaine Jenness. Yep. Only he did it before him and better. <laughs> <laughs> and based it on going for gold. Thank you to, <laughs> yeah, uh, true, actually, yeah. thank you yeah. to uh, Joe Podzi. Podzo! Podzo! Podziadley. Um, FBI agent Joe Podzi. Joe Podziadley here. I'm going to kick your butt. I got a warrant for your arrest. Step out of the car, please, sir. During my career, I played in France, England, Italy, German, Yugoslavia, former, Qatar, and Iran. <laughs> okay. Stop. Nah, I've got nothing. <laughs> Stop. Sasa Churchich. No, it's a nice one never go full churches on <laughs> <laughs> the first clue <laughs> I have won the French League the French Cup the First League of Serbia and Montenegro uh, UEFA Cup and I've also got an Olympic gold medal Imuse stop Sava Milosevic incorrect stop is it Robert Prozanecki incorrect I was some ramble favourites there yeah. Woo, Milosevic oh. not, that was, not that one not that one. <laughs> <laughs> the 
one with a bandana. Yeah. He had a bandana, didn't he, Milosevic? No, he had long hair. He had a bandana, did he? Didn't he? I can't remember. I, so. um, I was don't don't email it. Uh, I was blamed uh, by my manager for my nation's exit from the group of death at the 2002 World Cup after I flouted his instructions. Oh, stop! Is it David Ginola? Incorrect. Did he play the 2002 World Cup? No, oh, there probably was, not. There was similar things. Similar wasn't situation it? with Julio. He's yeah. frozen out, wasn't he? It was in qualifying, that wasn't it? It doesn't matter. Well, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> Take no for an answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, clue number four. I've played for more for both Inter and Milan, sharing the pitch with uh, Ronaldo and Andrei Shevchenko. Stop. Sunita Mihailovic? Incorrect. He hasn't played in England, has he? No. Mm. I'll be Sometimes they you, pop Pete. up in weird places, don't they? I'll be totally honest with you. I, I don't... Two of the clues I haven't really been listening to. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Sasa Churchich for a bit. <laughs> Stop thinking about... Yeah. And not Slomodan Milosevic. No, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, yes. Um, I made five appearances for Plymouth Argyle before my contract oh, was terminated. Stop. Is it... Uh, Teribo West. Teribo West. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Nice. I was. I sort of swapped those questions around because, or, or the clues around because uh, it was once alleged by the general secretary of partisan Belgrade that I'm actually 12 years older than my real age. Yeah. Uh, I am probably better known for my terrible and erratic hair. Teribo West. Thank you very much, Joe Podsy, for that one. Luke Moa. I'm very, very good. Good. Yeah. Good boy. That was going for gold. I can't do two things at the same time. I like the idea that there'll be several listeners out there um, thinking Pete does this on purpose. Let me disabuse <laughs> you of that notion. <laughs> right, let's get out of here. It's been lovely. Yeah. I can't pretend it hasn't been. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I am Pete Donaldson. I've been joined by uh, Luke Moore Esquire. That's me. Do get in touch with us. Uh, search the Football Ramble wherever you go for social stuff. Mm. And uh, check us back out on Wednesday for On the Continent, which is our European show. Luke and Pete Ooh. shows every Monday. Bet365 preview show on Friday. See you then. See you later, Jim Campbell. Yeah, see ya. Oh, what are you doing? Very, very good. You really are. <laughs> Marcus is back next week. He's back on Friday. Yeah. He's back on Wednesday from the continent. Oh, super. Yeah.